Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. All right, all right. Are you guys ready for the word today? Can you see me behind all the marbles? Can you see me? All right. Um, Today is a very special day. Today is a good day to be in the house of the Lord. Number one, we get to collectively be here together. Our children are in the back room. But I want you to know that today is a celebration of the children. In fact, if I was going to put a title to the message today, it would be this, that it's all about the children. Come on, go ahead and repeat that after me. It's all about the children. One more time. It's all about the children. Can I just tell you this, that from Genesis to Revelation, God is concerned with the little kids. And I also just want to remind you that it's interesting. There are pockets of times where it's, where it's, it's absolutely um, just, just out there that the enemy, the devil, he is real. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy and destroy our children, Right? And so it's all about the children and I'm grateful for Grace Church because we are a church that invests an awful lot of time and an awful lot of resources in our children. Psalm chapter 127 and verse three through five, it says this, children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring and a reward from him like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth you know what i think of whenever i read this scripture every every single time i think of robin hood (laughs) like like arrows in the hands of a warrior you know what i mean a good warrior what does he do he directs those arrows where they're supposed to go and he keeps them from being pointed in areas that they should not go you know what, that that's your responsibility of a parent. Come on, arrows in the hands of a warrior. The Bible goes on to say, blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. And so I want you to know that it's God's idea and God's plan that we just have many children. You know, I'm not saying, I'm not saying just be crazy to where you can't provide for your children, but I'm telling you that it is God's plan and it says, blessed is the man who has many in his quiver. And I think it's, uh, I'm not even going to say it because there's young people here, but anyway, it blessed, somebody say blessed is the man who has many in his quiver. Well, I'm just going to say it. This is between your husband and your wife, not just a lot of different baby mamas out there, but... <laughs> Blessed is the man who has many with his wife. All right. So I said it there. There it is. I want to talk to you just for a few moments about God's purpose and assignment for our kids. First of all, I want to just recognize how proud I am of the children here at Grace Church. I mean, I want you guys to know some of you older folks, maybe you don't know this, but we have a lot going on for our children. We've got one of the best Awanas programs in the whole state of Idaho. I am telling you, the Awanas leaders, the Awana leaders are continually asking Jake and Courtney, like, what are you guys doing to, you know, to, to be so effective? And Grace Church, Little Grace Church in Rupert, Idaho, is being used to shape other Awana programs throughout the state and throughout our region. 
Why? Because we're doing a good job of it, right? We're doing a, we're doing a good job. Now, every time I talk about the Iwana program or the children's program, you need to know that there is a great deal of pressure from our children's team to build a gymnasium. And so I'm all for building a gymnasium. All you got to do is figure out how we're going to finance it and how we're going to pay for it. And so, so we'll build a gymnasium. You just got to pay for it. And somebody say amen for that. Amen. amen. We're going to build it. We got half of the people saying amen. The other people are like, man, that sounds like a serious responsibility. It's a serious response. I'm going to have you pray about it. Okay. So we are going to build a gymnasium, though, because I believe that it is the groundwork for a Christian school that is going to take place sometime here in the near future. And I believe that God is calling us to do just that. I want to just say what a fine job our children's leaders do. Jake and Courtney and Ashley has now just been added to that lead team, but also the many, many, many volunteers that are modern day heroes that pour into those kids' lives week after week after week after week. Come on, let's give them just a big hand clap and a shout this morning. I also wanna just recognize pastors Javi and Davina Lopez, man. Leading our incredible youth, our incredible young people, making disciples of the youth because they are leaders making a difference in this church. Can I just tell you this? One of the biggest things that blessed me at 21 Days of Prayer was, was, was our evening prayer time from 10 o'clock till 11. There were as many, if not more, youth every single night at 21 Days of Prayer from 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. On Friday nights when these kids could be doing something different than praying, I'm telling you what, this house was was filled with young men and women, come on, pursuing God. Let's give them a hand clap and... Telling you, we got to pull out all the stops with our children. Can I just also say this that if we had five services, right now we have two services, plenty of room for growth. But if we had five services every single week that was packed full of adults in here, and we had great worship and powerful word, and lives of adults were being changed and transformed, they were entering into the waters of baptism like happens on the regular here, right? Big differences, big changes were being made. But if we failed to reach the children, can I just tell you this? It doesn't matter how spectacular our adult services are. This church would be closed down in a matter of years if we fail to reach the kids. And I'm telling you this, we have to pull out all the stops. There's nothing too expensive. There's not too much money to spend whenever it comes to our kids. I am telling you, if you don't understand it, I'm going to tell you to pull your head out of the dirt. If you don't realize that there is an all-out assault on our kids, you're simply not paying attention. Our kids today are dealing with things. We all have dealt with the same things for a long period of time, but our kids are dealing with it in such greater uh, magnitude than than what we dealt with it. It is at their fingertips. They are being pursued unlike any other generation that I know. And the enemy is trying to wipe them out. So what does that mean? That means the church has to step up their game. Amen? And that's what today's all about. A major problem in our culture is this, though. Certainly not in this church. Well, yeah, I'm not even going to say that because it's a problem even in this church. 
I'm not saying it's a problem for every person, but I'm telling you a major issue we're dealing with in our culture is children are being rejected. Children are being secondary instead of primary. Parents are pursuing careers and their boats and their, and their, 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 their activities above the children. And that's happening in our world today. Come on, and it's also happening in the, in the church. For many, the Bible said children are a reward, but I'm telling you, for many, children are not a reward. Children were a good idea at one time, but now represent a greater responsibility. And if they were going to be honest, sometimes children are a pain. And I'm just saying this, that children are always and have always been a little bit of a pain, have always been a little bit of a responsibility, but children need to remain a priority. I didn't think I was going to get a bunch of amens there, but I'll take what I can get today. Children, the Bible says, are a heritage from the Lord, a reward from him. I've been visiting with couples for a long period of time. In fact, just got a chance to do an incredible wedding last night. Was anybody at that wedding? God bless you for being here this morning. Amen. It was a great wedding, fun time together. But whenever it comes to young couples getting together, newlyweds, you know, it's like, hey, you've been married six months or a year. Sometimes I'll just ask them because I'm nosy. When are them babies going to start coming? When are them babies going to say? And so by asking the question, is that too much for a pastor to ask? No, it's not. No, it's not. When are them babies coming? And then the, 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 the response is tremendous sometimes. So oh, real soon, you know what I mean? Okay, stop right there. Don't need to know anymore. Um, or it's like, well, I'm ready, but she's not ready. Or she says, I'm ready, but, but, but he's not ready. You know what I mean? We want to, we need to get our act and yes, be financial responsibility. And, but I'm just telling you this, this is the craziest thing. And it started with my daughter, Ashley and Bo. I thought to myself, that's so weird what they're doing. And Tina's like, what do you mean what they're doing? They're planning their children. I just thought children were like a gift from God that he just gave them to you whenever God thought you were ready to have them. The way I was notified of, of, of my kids is a scream from the bathroom. I thought it was a spider. I come in there, man. I come in there. I'm ready to stomp out the spider, and she's holding the stick, <laughs> crying. And I was like, great, wonderful. It must be time. Because honestly, in parenting, you never have enough money. You never know enough. As much as you guys think that you're ready to be parents, you're never ready for what it is that, of walking out the daily grind of, of parenting. But I'm telling you, it's the most wonderful, tremendous blessing for God to entrust those children for us. This is why I'm going to, I'm in a few, no, I'm not even going to mention it because you might not come back for a while. But I'm going to talk about something that's a serious topic in conversation. I want you to know that God knew your children before they were even born. Amen? And he entrusts you, come on to, and guess what? In the areas where you're not equipped, he'll equip you as you go. You will learn as you go. Amen? Our desire is to help you to raise your children. And some of y'all, all you need, you're doing a fantastic job. All, of, all you need is maybe just a little bit of encouragement. 
Others, you may need a total and complete course correction. But the church, the church isn't going to tell you what you're doing right or what you're doing wrong. How many of you know that the Lord has the ability to do that? The Lord in, in and through, come on, sharing life and learning and, and growing. Come on, the Lord is able to tell you, listen, we've been doing it all wrong. We've been looking at Pinterest more than the Bible. Ooh, that was a good one. I, I knew I wasn't gonna get I was it was like Err! you were like, don't mess with my Pinterest. Whatever you do, you know what I mean? You could talk about my husband all you want, but don't mess with my Pinterest. Some of your kids are done grown, and you've got grandkids at this point. But God is saying to this, and I'm just saying, I want to get in the business of those people older than 50. Everybody else, just shut, your, shut down, just for a second, just shut down. Those older than 50, the approach from so many people, not all people, but the approach from so many people in this church, I'm not talking about another church, I'm talking about this church, Grace Church, as I've done raise my kids, now it's time for somebody else, come on, to step up. And to, and to teach and to train. And I'm telling you this, that some of the kids that come to these programs, Awanas and, and Children's Night, and even within our youth program, they don't have, uh, they may not have grandmas and grandpas. They may not have relationships with older people. And can I tell you this? A reminder, reminder, reminder. Part of our Christian heritage is the older coming alongside and teaching the younger. You know what I'm, I, you know what I wanna see more of? I don't wanna see the back filled with 20-somethings and 20 and 30-somethings. I wanna see the back filled with 20-somethings, 30-somethings, 40-somethings, 50-somethings, 60-somethings, 60, 70-somethings, 80-somethings, like listen. If all you can do at 80 years old is go back there and read a story, we'll take it. Amen? Read a story and build a relationship with those kids. We'll take it. It's important. It is important. Psalm 90 and verse 12 says, This teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. It's important to us at Grace Church, and it's important that you realize that your children are not going to remain in the same phase that they're in today. In fact, there are, there are four different phases that your children are going to are going to go through. And it's very important that you realize that as they go through their phases, you're also going through phases too. And so you can't teach your children as an elementary student the same way that you taught your child as an infant. Something's got to shift and something's got to change. It's important to realize that these phases are in a, in a child's life. A phase is this. This is the definition. A time frame in a kid's life when you can leverage certain opportunities to influence their future. And I'm telling you this, that each phase is important. I want to hit on this just for a second. Then I'm going to show you a video and I'm going to keep preaching just a little bit longer. And then we're going to go eat a hamburger and a hot dog. We're going to have a great time. Not before we dedicate a baby this morning. All right? This is what I want you to know. Some people's approach, some people's approach is this. I'll, I'll take my child to church 
whenever they're younger so they can learn about Jesus and then, and then just kind of let them run and do whatever it is that they want to do in some of their most impressionable ages of their life. And I'm telling you what, each phase is important and it's important that we bring God into the center of every single phase that they go through. Please turn your attention to the screen behind me. We've got a short video to show you. about one of the most sobering videos that I've ever seen. I want us to know this morning that time exists for a purpose. In the family unit, time is meant to be shared together. And this is something that we are failing at tremendously as a society. Your kids don't necessarily need another activity. What they need is more time with you. See, we, we, have, we have exchanged our kids being busy and even learning as much as they can possibly learn. We've exchanged them being busy and we've said that that's successful parenting. 
But I'm telling you this, that, that we can have children that are stars in basketball. We can have kids that, 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 that man, that just rodeo unlike any other child. We can have children that are masters of their swim team, but they've not grown their character. They're, they've, got, they've got poor morals. They're disrespectful, and they don't know about God. We are exchanging something valuable for things that are invaluable. Busy is not better. Kids today, once again, can be excellent in all these other areas, but empty on the inside. See, if you make the shift right now to invest in your family, and what I mean by that is getting back to the dinner table, getting back to where daily there's a regular there's a regular time set aside for you to have conversations and really find out how everybody in the family is doing. Like if you were to incorporate that today, I want you to know that you're probably for the first couple of weeks gonna have a coup on your hands. Like your children are gonna wanna overthrow this crazy idea. But if you will stick with it, if you will have some stick to then you're going to see that this time together, which was so awkward in the beginning, has become so valuable and priceless, and it'll change the course and the direction of their lives. That's a good place to probably say amen. That was a good point that I just made there. If you didn't, if you didn't, that was a really good point that I just made. All right. I want you to think about this. This right here is a container, and it's filled with a bunch of marbles. This container right here represents the child's life from the time that they're born to the time that they graduate high school and move out. There's 936 weeks, 936 marbles, which represents 936 weeks in this container. I'm going to talk about this one in just a minute here. But I want you to know that, that uh, there are four phases that your children are going to go through. My question is this, is which phase is the most important phase of their life? And the answer to that is the one that they're in right now. The phase that you're in right now, like, listen, you can't go back and recreate time that has been missed and lost, but what you can do is you can make the most of today and the time that you're given with your children today. What we know here at Grace is that we cannot champion a better future for your children, for our children, unless we consistently challenge the priorities of the parents. It's not going to do much good for us to express and stand on and explain the promises of God if they're not being modeled in the home. Let me give you a real reality, that, 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 that a real experience that, that I and my wife experienced. We took, a, we took a, a, a bunch, I think it was about 16 junior high and high school kids to Nicaragua. My, Ash, my little Ashley, she was just little, little. She's not little now. She's taller now. She's still little, but she's not. She's grown up is what I'm saying. She's got two kids of her own. But this was her first missionary trip, missionary experience. And we served largely in a lot of different areas, but one of the places that we served was an orphanage. And people in the middle of the night, and there, there are poisonous snakes, and everything's poisonous down in Nicaragua. In fact, they would clear the territory. Every single morning, 
they would go out on the grounds and they would look in this huge, you know, it's like a huge football field in front of the orphanage where parents at any time could just drop off their kids. Why? Because they're, they're too much responsibility. They're too much of a pain. They've got other things going on. And so they would take them and they would drop them off in the middle of the night in this field and the workers first thing in the morning as they're clearing the snakes and everything else out of out of the property what they would do is they would pick up these kids and they would bring them in see there was an understanding in this area of Nicaragua that this Christian orphanage would take the children no matter what in fact it was there I wish I had a picture but I would have a little Nicaraguan daughter right now if they would have allowed my wife and I to adopt this little girl, she was just little itty bitty. She looked like a little doll and we just fell in love with her. And we were like, listen, can we take her? Can we, no, no Americans can adopt out of Nicaragua. Here these kids have these tremendous needs. That's heartbreaking. But what's more heartbreaking is these kids are left overnight. You don't know what their name is. You don't know how old they are. You don't know when their birthday is. And so every single child would be given a new name. Every single child would be given a birthday. And that birthday would be, would be celebrated every day in Nicaragua. Only a fraction of the people get a chance to celebrate a birthday. And we were able to be a part of a couple of them. Absolutely incredible. So these kids are raised up. Come on, in the orphanage, learning about Jesus, learning about all the good things and the promises of God. But there's a broken system. The parent that dropped them off, many of these kids abused, even S-abused. At little, as little children, the parents that drop them off at any time before that child is 18 years old can come back and get that child and they have to go back into the same family, come on, that was so destructive to them. It didn't matter. It could be five years. It could be six years. The child is thriving, loving God, loving Jesus, and then they have to take and give the child back. You cannot change the course of a kid's future. We can't do it with the little bit of time that we're given here. Come on, if parents aren't going to make the proper adjustments and change as well. A guaranteed way to confuse your kids is to act differently on Sunday than you do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. But yet it's cute, it's funny, right? And it is kind of cute. There's, there's something a little bit funny about, about being a certain way that you would never act in church. I'm guilty of it myself, but if you surely want to confuse your kids, then act differently throughout the week than how you act on Sunday morning. You're gonna, you're gonna guarantee to raise confused kids. You can also confuse the daylights out of them by telling them how important the Lord is, but then you make every single thing else as a mom and as a dad a priority. Oh yeah, God's so important, so great, but you're looking for every single excuse as to why you don't have to yourself be in the house of the Lord and growing. You want to raise kids that are religious and don't want to have anything to do with the real Jesus See, we can't change the course of a kid's life as important as the things that we do here on Sundays and as important as, as what we do on Wednesdays. And we've got a great MOPS program. Mothers of preschoolers, as important as that is, as important as all that is, if we fail to model what we're supposed to model as parents, 
Come on, it's not going to touch it. So the parents have to change. We have to take responsibility. Man, my kid's disrespectful. That's my fault. My kid doesn't want to. Let me just tell you this. And my parents were super lenient with me growing up. But let me just tell you this. What I hear a lot, especially when kids hit puberty, I'm like, hey, listen, why are your kids not involved in our youth program? When I was a youth pastor, I had this question. I would ask this question. What happened? Your kids were in children's church, but now they're not a part of uh, the youth ministry. Well, I don't know. They just don't want to come. I'm like, that's interesting. I can't even remember one time my parents asking me what I wanted for dinner. <laughs> like, like, it wasn't even a question. What do you want for dinner? That wasn't a question. What you're going to get for dinner is what I'm making you. We have gotten to this point where our children are ruling and, and directing our lives. That's not what the scripture says. Children are as, air, as arrows in the, in the hands of a warrior. That means that you're supposed to direct the path they go. They're not supposed to direct the path they go. They're kids. They don't know. But I'm 16. I know everything. You will know by the time you're 25 that you really didn't know what you think you know at 16. I promise you. But yet parents were guilty of it all the time, just saying, yeah, whatever, whatever. Grandparents, a great opportunity for you to jump in and say amen too, because it does take a village. I got to hurry up. We got a lot to cover here. Kids are too busy. These things are important. These things are important. Pastor Travis said these things are important, but let me just tell you, kids are too busy. They're too busy with sports. They're too busy with rodeo. They're too busy with dance. They're too busy with drama. They're too busy with 4-H. They're too busy with everything else. And once again, all of these things are wonderful. They're going to learn teamwork. They're going to learn leadership. They're going to learn all of these incredible things. They may even get a scholarship. But guess what? None of these things have eternal value. None of these things are going to help them in the kingdom of God. So I want you... I want you to just really evaluate, come on, where you, are, where you are as a parent. At Grace, I want you to know this, that what happens in kids' church is just as important as what happens in big church here. Like, this is not in more important than that. In fact, I would almost say, honestly, that is more important than this. And they're both important. But some churches treat that like a daycare. Oh, yeah, we just got to keep you busy. Man, we're training children. We're, we're teaching children. We're telling them about Jesus. Amen. And I want you to know this, that what happens at home and what model is modeled at home is more important than anything we do here. So we're here to support you, resource you. Why? Because our kids and your kids deserve the best. Each phase of your child's life requires us to rethink how we parent. I want you to think about this reality. Are you ready? Some real points here. A middle schooler is going to use their phone more in one week than they go to church in a whole year. A middle schooler is going to use their phone more in one week than they go to church in the entirety of a whole year. The average middle schooler is going to spend 200 hours in math over 300 hours plus, it's gotta be more than that, um, hours of TV and 600 hours a week on their phone. Maybe not a week. That's a lot. 
That's, you know what that is? That's fuzzy math. I was sitting here thinking, I don't think I read that properly. Just roll with me. Say, wow, that's a lot. These are proper numbers. I just used them the wrong way. I'm sitting here thinking, 600 hours a week? How does that work? <laughs> Even I picked up on that, guys. Let's give, let's give the Lord a hand clap for teaching pastor that is... That's a year is what I'm talking about, a year. Guess how much time we get with your kids here at this church, 40 hours a year. 40 hours, they're gonna use 600 plus hours on their phone. 40 hours to teach them about Jesus, teach them about faith, hope and love, forgiveness, grace, life and eternity. This right here, every baby, baby dedication that we give them, we count out how old they are and we remove those marbles. There's 936 marbles in here. This represents from the day that they're born to the day that they graduate school and move away. The idea is every single week, you take a marble out and you just set it aside. You're thinking, man, I'm really not even making a dent. Just a week here and a week there and a week here and a week there. This right here, represents a child when they're 13 years of age. They only have 260 weeks left with you at, by the time they're 13 years of age. So why do we do this? Why do we give these, come on to parents when they dedicate their children? Because when you monitor and measure what matters, that which matters gets better. When you monitor and measure your time that you have given with your children, then the idea is, is that you're gonna take um, every opportunity, you're gonna make the most of the time that you've been given. Psalm 90 and verse 12 says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Number two, I want you to know this. I'm getting real close, guys. Stick with me. Every day matters. If your ticket was punched today, meaning this, if you were, if you were laying on your deathbed today, whatever age you are, I'm 50. I'm going to be 51 in October. Somebody say happy birthday, Travis. <laughs> whatever your... Whatever your age is today, like if today you were on your, you were in transition, you were fixing to die, I guarantee you, your kids were not, they're not going to be worried about who's going to put gas in my tank. Your kids aren't going to be worried about kids, right? I see you smiling at one another. Well, that, like, that's still a problem. We still need somebody to put gas in our tank. They're not going to be worried about the shoes and the, and the clothes that they're going to get for school year. What they're going to be worried about is, wow, I wish I had more time. Now flip it. Let's say your child, at whatever age they are right now, let's say that the, the trouble hits your doorstep and they were fighting for their life. I guarantee you as parents, you're not going to be thinking about, man, I wish I could be at work right now. Wow, what am I going to do? You know what I mean? What am I going to do? I can only put in 40 hours a week instead of 60 or 70 or 80. I guarantee you, you're not going to be thinking about, you shouldn't be thinking about being on your boat right now. Right? And so if your children, come on, are in a detrimental place and it would change what you do and how you live, then why don't you just start doing that right now when they're healthy? So that you don't get to the end of raising your kids and say, man, I wish we should have, we should have done, we should have spent more time. We should have done more family vacations. I shouldn't have worked so much. I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't. Because this is what I can tell you. The Lord always provides, right? You may be thinking about some important things like retirement and putting food on the table and all of that. You have to work. You have to take care of responsibility. 
You got to lead your family well, but your time is the most valuable thing that you have, and those kids need it. Ecclesiastes 3 1, there's a time for everything, a season for every activity under the sun. My question to you is what season are you in? Are you doing right now what you're supposed to be doing? And if you're not, make a change. Ephesians 5.15 says this, be careful, be very careful then, how you live, not as the unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. My question to you is, is are you numbering your days? Are you looking at things like this because you think that you got a lot of time, but I'm telling you, you're going to blink and that time is going to be over and it's going to be gone. I promise you. As a grandparent, as a grandparent, I cannot believe that my grandson is already five, rolling on six, and my granddaughter's rolling on two. Where'd the time go? It seems like they were just born, right? Are you, are you monitoring, measuring the things that matter? Because only when you monitor the things that matter will they get better. When you're paying attention to them. So as a parent, your, hour, your hours available to invest, somebody say invest, yes. decreases with every year that goes by. Check this out. Don't check out on me yet. Check this out. Listen, 12 hours a day is what you're given with a, with a, with a preschooler. You get 12 hours a day to invest, to shape, to mold, direct. By the time they become an elementary kid, that goes down to six hours a day. The influence of a parent goes to six hours a day. By the time they hit middle school, that time goes down to four hours a day where you can invest in their lives. And by the time they hit high school, you're lucky. I think this was a stretch. I don't think this number's right. But you're lucky to get two hours a day with a high schooler. The truth is, as many days, you, you, your kids, especially today, you're lucky if you see them an hour a day. And, uh, and, and so how are you going to shape, mold, invest? Well, we got to slow down and we got to reprioritize. This is a relational principle, just so you know this and you already know this, but, but kids don't learn from people that they don't like. And kids also don't learn from people who don't like them. And so we have to do a better job of bridging the gap with kids no matter what age they are. We have to work at this. Well, I just don't understand how they think. We'll learn how they think and try to find some common ground, come on, so where you can speak into their lives. And parents, I'm not saying that you need your, to be your kids as a best friend, but you better learn how to be their friend. Oh, I'm just, I'm their parent. They're going to do, like, listen, if you want to have more influence in your kids' lives than do it because I said so, then you better learn how to, 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 to communicate, to build relationship with them. And you need to also know the phases. We're here to help you with that. We've got great schooling and things that we're constantly involved with in how to reach these kids, especially since so many of them are committing suicide. Right? We have taken it as part of our responsibility as a church to be as helpful as we possibly can to the parents that come to this church or don't even come to this church. If you're looking for help, we'll figure out how to help you. The first 18 years of a kid's life changes in six fundamental ways. Those, those changes affect how they think, learn, feel, and relate. They change physically, mentally, relationally, culturally, emotionally, and morally. And it's important that the Lord is brought to the center of each of those changes. It's interesting, when a kid is, is, is young, 
you don't have to coax them to believe that Jesus Christ is real and that God loves them. You know what you do? You tell them. But then you spend the rest of, and guess what? They believe it. This is why we put so much time, effort, and energy and resources, why we spend so much on glitter, graham crackers, and, and balloons, and everything else that the kids need back there, because most people accept the Lord before the age of nine. They have a great experience with the, with, with the Lord before the age of nine. And so from that point that they receive, now we spend the rest of our time teaching and modeling proper truth and behaviors. Like, like you're teaching your children more by what you do than what it is that you say. I promise you, I'm getting real close. Don't check out on me yet, okay? All right, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So in the context of Jesus, there's four phases in his life. You could break it down like this. From zero to 12, he did some pretty amazing things. 12 to 30, he continued to grow in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. From 30 to 33, in three years, he did all of the ministry that we read about. Only three years. All those other years were in preparation. At 33, he died on a cross and is seated at the right hand of the Father right now. And so I want you to know this, that, that, that that is his life. He is in eternity right now. The more conscious you are of the time, the more serious you become about the time that you have. My questions that I'm ending my portion of the service with is, do you know what time it is in your life? And do you know what parenting week you're currently in? Guys, listen, I'm not here to beg you to, you know what I mean, to, to get involved in our children's ministry. I'm not here to beg you to, to evaluate if there's better ways that you can parent. What I'm, what I'm sharing with you is, is we, I'm presenting a responsibility that also gives us a great opportunity, come on, to, to, to equip these kids better for the days that are, that are to come. I can tell you this, time's not gonna get easier. And what's cool, as old people, somebody say, that's me, I'm old. Nobody wants to, I'm by myself. Dick Bice, you and me, brother, as old people, you and me, all right. As old people, it's cool to think that God has created us for such a time as this. Think about this. Times are going to get more difficult. How cool is it that your children have been created for such a time as this? I believe it's possible that your children, these children that we get a chance to serve, are going to be the ones that usher in the return of the Lord. That's powerful, man. And that's not something that we shrink back from and say, well, I'm just not going to have no more kids. No, you have kids and you raise them. Come on, they're arrows in your hands. And God will equip them and use them. But he uses us to train them in the ways of the Lord so that when they're older, they will not depart. Amen. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.